Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's Dare to Move. Hello, happy Wednesday. I am coming to you. Well, I'm not actually there when I'm recording this intro, but while you are listening, I am in Miami, Florida, and I am doing a photo shoot actually today, this morning, if you're listening to this at 6 a.m. when it drops, or I think it'll drop at 5. Um, I'm about to shoot. If it's Wednesday night, then I've already done it. And I'm here with Jeff. He is here for an annual finance conference and I decided to jump on it with him and get away to somewhere warm and be productive while here. Um, Yeah, I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode because I mean, I have seen and and been witness to the type of work Bridget does and and how magical it is and how transformative it is is if you're dealing with any type of gut health condition. the biggest thing I've said over and over again on this podcast, I mean, now she's been on twice, but I've talked about her a lot, is that I felt like I had no hope for my gut. Um, in this episode, I, I remember when we recorded it, I just, I felt so happy and and light and, and just well, because you're going to hear in a lot of today's episode, kind of my own struggles from the past with food, because... It's just, it's hard, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm talking down to them or being, um, what is the word, like condescending to say how to eat 101. I mean it when I say, like, some of us legit don't know how to eat, and I say us because I had phases like that too. You know, when I grew up, you just kind of eat what your parents give you or what your grandparents tell you or what your uncle says is good for you, Um, and when I started to take my own nutrition into my hands in in high school, I worked at Lifetime Fitness Cafe, and luckily, I did get some pretty good advice, Um, but my grandmother was always my kind of North Star, whether I realized it or not, because she just set an example of how to eat, which was typically three square meals a day, sometimes an evening snack whole foods, vegetables at every meal, a carb at every meal. And I had um, I had gotten into nutrition in high school because I wanted to be the flyer. And if you watched the Netflix series Cheer, um, that was my life. So I wanted to be the top girl and um, I knew I needed to lose weight. And it wasn't a vanity thing. It was actually that I had hurt my back so bad that I couldn't lift anymore. And I thought to myself, the only way I can keep cheering and tumbling is if I'm not also bombarding my back with lifting. So I need to be on the top, which brought its own slew of problems. But nevertheless, I learned about nutrition. And this is when Jessica Simpson was all the rage. She was on like Atkins and low carb, and that was kind of all out there. So I started cutting carbs. And um, I remember being at like Christmas dinners in Colorado and um, even just when my mom would make pasta, being like, I don't want the carbs. I don't want the pasta. I just want the meat. And also simultaneously having a lot of gut health issues. At the time, I didn't know that there was, I don't think anyone really talked about gut health. I just was constipated all the time. So that was kind of my first like thing that I ignored. And I would just have extra coffee or take a laxative or whatever. 
and run a lot, lots of cardio, lots of, of exercising multiple times a day. Unfortunately, that carried with me to college. And if I wasn't cheerleading um, for a full day, usually I'd try to run before a football game. But um, I did cardio before class. I did work, cheerleading workouts after school. Like I was just overdoing it all the time. And then eventually binging, right? So I would eat not enough and then I would eat too much and it was a cycle. So um, there's tons of episodes on this too, guys. Anything that has to do with nutrition, I tell parts of my story. But today I think it's so important because when I was in the thick of my own gut health issues, you guys, I didn't know what to eat. I really didn't. Like, There's a whole push in this world for intuitive eating and listening to your body, but my body was sending me some weird-ass signals at the time. Um, You're going to hear about some of those things I craved that I tell Bridget as an example. You're going to hear about the things that I let go of during bodybuilding just for macros sake and um, you know we all know that we should eat color we we all know that we should have protein or fat but sometimes when you set an intention like hey I'm gonna lose weight or hey I'm choosing to improve my body composition or my gut health or whatever when we actually sit down to do that it's hard We overthink it. So I hope that this episode is helpful for you, most importantly. But I just think it will be interesting because Bridget's such a wealth of knowledge, um, which is why I'm choosing to have her on so frequently this year. So today, I'm just calling it How to Eat 101. (laughs) And um, we're going to cover protein, dairy, fat, carbs, and color. We kind of run out of time at the end, but don't worry, she'll be back. Um, And we talk about everything from raw milk to inflammation to sweeteners to heavy metals to protein sources to something about yogurt that I did not know. So I just hope you love it as much as I do. She is such a gem. And um, yes, please enjoy. If you have any questions at all, let me know. And if you have not listened to the amazing interview with CEO of the skincare company Conquer, definitely go check that out because it's all health related. It's all connected. So she gives a good perspective on all of this with regards to the skin. Um, And then also, um, if you did not hear the episode last week from Greg Ux and his foundation, It Takes a Village, I've supported it for over two years now. Please go check that out. He is on a mission and it's a wonderful, beautiful cause. And He's got such a great story as an entrepreneur. So anyway, go check those out. And without further ado, here is Bridget Carroll. Welcome back, Bridget Carroll. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And we're doing that at the wing this time. Yeah, this is a beautiful space in Boston. Yeah, and you've basically been here as many times as I have. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of girlfriends who are here. It's such a cool place for like... Yeah, women entrepreneurs. So it is. I feel it. I and I like having it for things like this. Um, the cool thing is, as you guys know, if you are a loyal listener, you listen to this kind of overarching idea of personalization for 2020. And Bridget has um, been so giving of her time to say she'll come back to the podcast. So today we're going to focus in on one thing more specifically, which can in and of itself be quite broad, but that is just food. Yeah. I think it's a huge thing, like, we both get, what should I be eating? Mm -hmm. 
and especially when people aren't feeling well, it becomes even more of an issue of really what should I be eating. Also when people are making their New Year's resolutions and whether or not you're sticking to those or not, this is kind of like a healthy way that everyone should be thinking about. Yes, that's a really good point because if you have any sort of goal for health or fitness, like it's you have to feed yourself every day, so you need yeah. to know how to do it. Um, so the first thing that came to my mind when, when I looked at the topic, you're like, let's focus in on this one first. At first I was like, you know, maybe this is gonna be like a helping hand with intuitive eating. But then I realized that's me talking from where I am now, but if I would've let my quote unquote intuition lead me three years ago, my cravings were quite awful. <laughs> um, so I thought we could call this Welcome to Eating 101. I love that. <laughs> I I love mean, that. It needs to be that simple sometimes. Um, so the three priorities that you kind of broke down for me on like what we're gonna hit on is that food sustains us, like as in balancing our blood sugar. Um, it keeps our gut health in check, which will affect our brain health, and then it can heal us. Absolutely. Um, those, all three things are so important, and I think too, pleasure is another one. Ooh. Where the emotional, the emotional kind of. side, but also too, like I have clients who are like eating salads in the middle of winter, and they're like, I hate salads in the middle of winter. Yeah, and so I'm yeah. saying, so then don't eat them. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like like intuition in that way, like True. listening to your body and what it wants, and that's an, another aspect of kind of the healing part too. Ooh, yes, I can't wait to get into that. And so the how that we'll break down for you guys via going through uh, protein, carbs, fat, dairy, color, all these things, um, will basically help hopefully people walk away with like how to make a balanced meal. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so my horrible example of this is that um, about the time I moved into my Cambridge apartment in 2017, I was having cravings for bananas, mm -hmm. bread, but I was like, I'll have a banana instead of bread, but like two bananas. Yeah. And like this really fake peanut butter. Yeah. Not PB2 or anything, but like a literally like a low fat peanut butter that like had the consistency of like molasses. It was bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. And then Diet Coke and tons of coffee. And like I was addicted to that and it was strange, but I also thought maybe I had SIBO, all this stuff. So the first thing, at that time I didn't want to eat protein. The first thing that we want to maybe zoom in on is protein. And um, I want to talk about the types of protein yeah. and the quality. So what, what do you say to people who ask you about protein to start? Well, so I am a big, um, I do promote meat. Mm -hmm. um, I think and that goes in the way of paleo eating but anyways um, I think proteins so important for so many things right so we think of the three things that we need food to do which is sustain us help our gut and brain health and then heal us mm -hmm. and protein does all of those things yes it's the building block of every cell of our body mm. and it also and that means our gut lining which is something that's really important um, it also after exercise it really helps with you know, recovering um, our muscles and everything mm -hmm. like that, which that's what we typically think of protein for, right? Totally. But we don't also think of protein for like brain health, neurotransmitters, and neurotransmitters are how the brain talks to the body. So if we think of fight or flight, Ooh. we think of norepinephrine and epinephrine. If we don't have the building blocks of these different neurotransmitters and different things like that, we can't make them correctly or break them down correctly. So that's why we need a protein at the meal. And then types are really important. I'm very picky on quality, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about how Jeff like goes out and harvests yeah. 
deer, which is probably one of the best things that we can eat, right? Mm -hmm. It's organic. Yeah, they're eating out of the forest. Yeah, they're eating what they're supposed to be eating. They're eating a very diet. Yeah. Whereas the research on meat in this country is unhealthy cows. It's sad. Yeah. They're stressed out. and they're Stressed, yeah. Yeah. And then we eat that. Yeah. So that oh, doesn't make sense. Totally. And then they're not eating what they're supposed to be eating. They're eating corn and grain. Mm -hmm. And they're stomachs can't tolerate that so it also when they're eating those things they have much higher inflammatory fats more omega-6s and saturated fats whereas grass-fed meat will have more the anti-inflammatory omega-3s and we'll kind of talk more about yeah. that in the fat section but I'm huge 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 on quality yes and I um I'm sure there's a lot of vegetarians or vegans um, listening, and one thing that you mentioned to me before, like you can get um, protein from legumes. The thing that I want to talk about quickly is gut health because I, we all can get persuaded by what everyone else is doing, right? And it's like, oh, all these people I knew were going vegan and vegan or whatever, and <laughs> pagan. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying, but anyway. Uh, when it came to trying to, to do maybe more beans instead of as much meat or whatever, chickpeas, yeah. my stomach, when I was in my really bad stages of gut health, I felt like death. It was the worst thing I could have eaten. Yeah. So can you talk us through that? And then also when you brought up the neurotransmitters, we learned through my own studies that my anxiety and stuff was being caused by this interruption yes. or miscommunication between that gut brain axis. And I was, and there was a little bit of a question of like whether my body could process the protein at the time. Right. So what's the balance there for people? Yeah. So I'll touch first on like the vegan and vegetarians. I think people can be healthy yeah. vegetarians, um, but I think it, that goes to the personalization piece because same with you, hummus was something I yeah. couldn't eat when mm -hmm. I was in my gut health journey and I see clients all the time who, you know, maybe are trying to eat more legumes or trying to go more vegetarian and they feel like crap. Yeah. So I understand there are so many different reasons people go vegetarian. I don't necessarily think for most people that is the healthiest yeah. just because of how our vegetables and soy and everything is raised. Mm -hmm. If you are going to do like a tofu or a tempeh, then it has to be organic. It has to, mm. um, just because of how genetically modified the soy is in this country. So it's almost like eating the bad meat that has hormones in it and all that. Right, exactly. And we think about like the Impossible Burger, mm -hmm. or now Impossible Sausage, I think. Yeah. Um, that is made in a factory. Yeah. Would we rather our food be coming from a lab or be coming from a farm? Yeah. So when you think about it like that, there's so many people too, and to go on, one side of why people become vegetarian is like for animal rights. Mm -hmm. There are farms that are doing it the right way. Yeah, I I have this um, farm. It's out in the Berkshires, and they raised this cow, and it was like mm -hmm. a two thousand pound cow, and wow. she had provided so much for their family, and just they treated the cow really well. And when it came time for her to be slaughtered, it was sad for them, but also they thanked her so much for yeah. like that all that she's provided for their yeah. family. So, yeah. and humans have been eating meat for years. 
I mean, millions, maybe? Millions? I don't yeah. really know. I think in Sapiens, it's like they say at least 70,000 for Homo sapiens. But still, okay. like, I mean, that's part of our DNA. And um, I can totally see how if someone had SIBO or something where the stuff is not getting processed correctly. Right. Gut, that if you feel like crap, you're like, I don't know what to do, but, like, my brain wants me to eat vegan because of what other people are doing. And there's, like, there's just a lot of confusion. And for me personally, my recent win is that... I've decided I will eat whatever Jeff harvests yep. and then also like free range chicken because mm-hmm. my cousin who's very, very celiac, if she eats eggs from a chicken that wasn't grass fed, yeah. she can get like gut issues because of the corn which bothers her yeah. and whatever else they were fed, any grains or whatever. And so I'm choosing to have hormone free like really good source meat if it's not from him. Yeah. And then I'm because I can actually eat chickpeas now. Yeah. I'm loving bonza pasta. Oh yes. So I can eat that and not feel pain. So I'm I'm mixing in more legumes. Right. And so to your point too of like when like why when you're having gut issues, like can't you eat that protein? Yeah. One, like chickpeas, they feed your good and bad bacteria. Yeah. So that's one reason, but something else that I think happened in your case too is you were having trouble breaking down food. Yes, that was it. And so when people say, especially women, they'll come in and they're saying, well, I just can't process, like I can't eat beef anymore. I don't feel good when I have it. Sometimes it's literally they don't have enough stomach acid or enzymes to break it down. Yeah. So then you're like, well, I understand why you don't feel well this Mm -hmm. way right now, but then maybe if they're not having enough protein, then it's like a hormonal cascade downhill. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to the person right now who knows something's going on, they haven't met you yet to help yeah. them through it, uh-huh. um, and they know that um, they, they're they like, maybe they feel like their gut, like their soul, their whatever, is saying, I should probably have some meat. Yeah. Where should I start? Yeah. Um, or should I have a protein powder to get protein? Like, what would you suggest if, if they're just really not sure, but they have a ton of discomfort with everything? With everything. Um, I think a protein powder is great. That's where I'd go, like, somewhere, like, collagen-based. Okay. Really easy to break down. It's an animal source. Pea and rice can sometimes bother people. It definitely bothered me. Yeah. So, the, I think collagen's great. Again, make sure it's quality, um, grass-fed and things like that. Um, and then if they're trying to eat meat, like ground meats, mm-hmm. are literally broken down already. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, so they're like easier to eat. Um, so starting with like two, three ounces or something, okay. like a little Small. less than the size of your palm, and eating really slowly. Okay. So, you know, your body's able to send out enzymes and break it down well. Um, so the way you eat is totally another another thing. Gotcha. Now two more protein questions. Because this just made me think of Jeff. Jeff is very anal about all the things he eats in a week. Uh So he'll be like, no, babe, we can't have pork the pork Monday because we had pork on Saturday. Or like, (laughs) I I had pork on on Sunday morning (laughs) and I had ham. Like, he gets very, so he, is that, is that something people should, like, if you are just like a genuine meat eater, you enjoy all kinds of meats, you don't discriminate, you're looking at the sources, you're doing it intelligently, is that something to be conscious of? Like, a certain percentage of red versus not red meat or just making sure you get the whole spectrum from salmon to whitefish to like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate him saying that because it's so (laughs) variety is so important. So it is important. I think on a week to week, like you don't Mm -hmm. need to worry about it as much as in a day to day. Like if you're having leftovers, 
I think you br- bring up another good source of protein, which is salmon and fish. Mm-hmm. So that really is something that I see people not eating a lot of. Mm-hmm. So maybe instead of focusing on like the amount of beef tab, it's more increasing fish. Ooh, okay. For most people. Yeah. And that's, you know, the majority of my clients is people are having salmon when they go out to eat. Yeah. Right? Yes. I think the hurdle with fish is just the prep. Some people don't yeah. like that. I personally don't either. And in our tiny apartment, it makes it, like, we'll cook it on the grill yeah. on the weekend. Well, I really never cook it. Like, so, it and I, well, I'll buy it cooked, like, every mm-hmm. once in a while, like, the prepackaged yeah, whole yeah. foods. Yeah. Or I'll do canned salmon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I love. So my boyfriend made canned salmon with Primal Kitchen mayo. We mixed it with a slaw and peppers. Oh, that sounds good. And then, like, wrapped it in... Um, well, he did bread, but I did lettuce because mm-hmm. I just like more and more color. Yeah. Um, but it was so good. So like okay. trying to use it like you would a tuna, mm-hmm. the tuna will have more mercury. So salmon, maybe say like two times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, red meat, same thing like two times a week. Poultry, don't mm-hmm. really need to worry about unless you're only doing poultry. Which was me during bodybuilding. Right, which I think is most people in the fitness industry, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, turkey, ground turkey, yeah. chicken, yeah, yeah. Lamb is another Ooh, good one. Yeah. yeah, and it's okay. always, like, you don't really need to worry about sourcing of lamb, because lamb is, like, this, True. like, protected thing that no one's screwing up yet. Mm. So, I think lamb, you know, pork kind of fits into the meat category, or the um, red meat category, and, yeah. Perfect. I love the ground meat example, too. Um um, now, I'm, I'm just going to spend as much time as we need to here because I know people have questions. And um, when it comes to the meals during the day, mm-hmm. is um, I'm, I think I know the answer, but is the recommendation then to make sure there's protein at every single meal? Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be meat. Right. Could be eggs, could be protein powder. Yep. Could be eggs, could be protein legumes. powder, could be legumes. The only thing I, you know, when I'm talking about legumes with clients um Again, personalization, but remembering they have carbs too. True. So uh, I had a client actually um, last last week who was insulin resistant. So she had a bigger belly and was storing weight in the belly. So um, her body was having a tough time handling carbs. And she her lunch, although super nutrient dense, was having quinoa with sweet potato and lentils. Oh, wow. Yeah. And some non-starchy veg. So she was like, I think I'm doing great. And I was like, yes, but you're also, your blood sugar is not going down. And this is the reason for you. It's Mm. important to have more of the non-starchy than the starchy. So when you think of a legume, and if you know you don't do well on super high carb, then that is your carb and your protein. Yes, totally. Jeff and I have been doing Bonza Pasta even though it has like that higher level of protein yeah. in it, we'll put ground turkey and wilted spinach. Yeah. So that's like the meal for yeah. sure. Like I've been loving it as my carb just because for so long I couldn't. Yeah. Now it feels good. Yeah. So I like that um, analogy. And that was like a perfect um, example of a meal because what I want to make sure that everyone has at meals and snacks is protein, fat, carbs, and color. Yes, protein, fat, carbs, color. Yeah, yeah. nice little song. Yeah. <laughs> That's our next career. Yeah, so Singer, songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so that's like, that's a perfect example. Okay. So even when you're coming up with a snack, mm-hmm. trying to think about that too. Amazing. And when it comes to the quality of protein powders, one thing you were really um, careful of with me was just my susceptibility to different brands, protein powders, especially because my background with bodybuilding was like, I was slamming protein powder all the time. My diet used to largely be protein powder, 
more protein in meat and um, protein snacks. And yeah, <laughs> sweet potatoes maybe a little bit. Maybe mix some protein powder in there. Like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, peanut butter maybe. Peanut butter, the molasses-y stuff. Yes. Um, but so the quality is important. I want you to talk through why, um, and then. When it comes to over, is there, I get this question a lot. So yeah. um, we'll talk about the quality of the protein powder, what to look out for, and then also any repercussions for certain people if they're eating too much. Yeah. Um, so brands of protein powder. So what's coming up now in testing of supplements, right? We're doing a lot of testing of supplements. What companies are doing is they're doing third-party testing, but then they're not telling the consumer what they find. Mm. So this becomes important with like heavy metals, like arsenic, cadmium, lead, like all of these things. Yeah. And protein powders, they're concentrated, right? So if you have bad peas and they're produced in soil that's really bad and it has a lot of crap in it, mm. then they're concentrating it and then you're ingesting it every day. That's, oh my gosh. That's yeah. bad. It all goes back to the soil. Soil health. Oh my gosh. That's a whole yeah. That's, that's a whole. Another, yeah, that's another <laughs> podcast, and I'm not the expert in that yeah. at all. But um, uh, so then with other types, so like that was like a vegetarian source, right? But yeah. even like the um, animal protein sources, they should be testing too um, for heavy metals, and that's something to be looking out for. So like okay. Metagenics, for example, I think is yeah, the one we use for you, yeah. and um, that's because they're testing for all these and then they tell you. Yeah. So me as a clinician, I can be like, this is safe for you. Um, mm. And then also within that, like whey protein is pretty big. So if you're yeah. doing whey, you kind of want to evaluate, okay, do you, is this an inflammatory thing for you? Whey is dairy. Yeah. So you kind of want to figure that out. It's, when people have issues with milk, it's not only the lactose, sometimes it's the whey or the casein, which are the proteins in dairy. Yeah. And if it is whey and you are tolerating that well, it is a good source of amino acids and they're really well used by the body, but then you have to go back to quality. Is it grass-fed from good cows? Yes. So um, did that kind of cover the Yeah, totally, because I, don't, I think some people might have whey and not even realize... I can't tell you how many clients are like, so I got this protein powder, but then I, my stomach's been bothering me, so then I realized that whey, like, they had to, like, they did it, they, they tried it first, and then they went back and read the labels. Yes. You know, and, and it's like, oh, my stomach was bothering me. Oh, there's a lot of sucralose in this. Yes. So, you know, it's like the backtracking. Exactly. And, or, like, the alls, mm -hmm. like erythritol, sorbitol. Yeah. Yes. The sugar alcohols. Yeah. Um, Which is also why collagen is so great, because it's literally, like, tasteless and it's plain. Yeah. Um, obviously it's not good if you're trying to make like a really yummy flavored protein shake if you don't know how to get flavor out of other things. Yes. Um, yep. but when it was going on, you know, when that huge trend of like putting it in your coffee was going on, I think people were doing it with like, just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Obviously there's benefit to it. Um, but, and also that just made me think of, um, of bone broth, but we can circle back to that because that also in a lot of ways, um, comes back to fat. So yeah. um, when it comes to overdoing it, is there such a thing? What do you talk to people about? I mean, obviously, if you're off kilter, you're off balance because you're eating just protein. That's yeah. something's gonna happen. But as far as gut health goes, yeah, um, and as, yeah, as far as gut health, I mean, protein is so important for it because it's gonna heal that gut lining. Mm -hmm. I think it goes to the individual of like how much can they tolerate. Gotcha. Personalization again. Yeah, and sometimes that does mean, like, really optimally, you wouldn't be eating 
within a window of four hours. Like you really want to space things yeah. out. That's helped me so much, by the way. Yeah, and I think it, people like freak out at first, especially us women. We're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah. What if I'm hungry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, was your meal balanced? Yeah. No, it was just protein or yes. whatever. Um, so um, it really should be four hours, and then. Um, some people, like when they have SIBO or bacterial stuff, they can't eat much. It's like that full, early fullness. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes we have to work around that with like how much protein. But people can overdo it. Um, lately, like I've been tracking like my protein just mm -hmm. to kind of know where I feel well. Yesterday I had a crazy high protein day. And at the end of the day, I felt the best that I had in a long time. Mm. And it's just different. Yeah, so it's kind of like just playing around with what you feel mm -hmm. good. Yeah. And that actually made me think of tracking again. And I obviously talked about this before, but I have my clients track. And what seems to be perfect wherein you can get it right, the right amount of fat or carbs that's right for you is that 30% marker because yeah. of that feeling of fullness. Mm -hmm. Most people who've never tracked before, who are striving, they're maybe their new time client with me, they're striving for that 30%. They get to like 26% and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so full. Yeah. I couldn't even eat all my numbers. And like, that's a good thing for fat loss. It yeah. eventually wears off. Right. But what some people will find is they'll they'll just hit that 30. They feel so good after, you know, after they adjust to the feeling of fullness and they just learn that that's them feeling, like, satiated and yeah. being able to make it four hours and all those good things. Um, but then I have some people who can hit 35%. Yeah. And then some people who can hit 40% a day. Yeah. I try not to get people to go above that because – in just anecdotally, we just experience with so many different people tracking is they get bloated yeah. when they're at that 40%. Right. Feeling of like, it's just such fullness that it's like too much. Yeah. So I have some people who can thrive there. I used to be there. Now, I feel just fine at 30%. Yeah. It's interesting. It is, it's super interesting too. And like, when we think about like biochemically, like long term, too high of protein intake, yeah. we think about the kidneys. True. And that's, like, something that – I hope I don't offend anyone here, but, like, vegetarians say, like, we don't they need that much protein. Yeah, yeah. I think both sides need to, like, learn from the other sometimes. Yeah. And um, so I think, like, long-term too high of protein can, like, affect the kidneys, which we don't want to do. But making sure you're doing a ton of water around mm -hmm. that because okay. um, that will help flush the kidneys. Mm -hmm. And just making sure you're getting – all the correct nutrients you need, so like B vitamins and calcium and all the all these other things that like yeah. the kidney needs to work well to like flush out. So, um, yeah, That's I think too a good rule of thumb, and I don't know this. I think this ends up being about thirty percent for most people, um, but was kind of easier for me to think about was like um, one like on the higher end, one gram of protein per body weight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It, it can. Yeah. It can for some people who have never done even thirty percent in their life. That per pound can be really high. Yeah. So like if I have, a I know. If, yeah. yeah. I guess it, I, we're like smaller. Than, yeah, yeah. That too. Like if I have a hundred and seventy pound man. Yeah. If he's trying to go for one seventy, it's really hard. But he'll get to thirty percent by like one fifty five. Okay. So based on the calories I set, obviously, but um, yeah. For me. I definitely feel really good and like not bloated from too many carbs if I hit my body weight and protein yeah. within the amount of calories. But I also know based on the delicate nature of my stomach that if I'm at like a hundred to 110 grams, I'm still good. I know I still have enough. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, yes. That rule I think is always a good one if you're just like, like 
what's too high or whatever. Yeah. Just like use your body weight as a good. Yeah. So what Garrett and I are saying is like personalization people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Going back to the, the first podcast. Yeah. Um, I think we got a real, I feel like protein is, is in a good spot. Perfect. Um, so it's at every meal distributed. I, I just thought of someone being like, do I need to slam protein right after my workout? And it's like, I think as, as long as you're getting it breakfast, lunch, dinner, or yep. have a snack, you're fine. Yep. Um, the next thing that we're going to talk about today is dairy. Yep. And I would consider myself fortunate that like it's never been something that I feel any certain way about. Yeah. But when paleo got really popular in college, I started reading about it and I was like, oh, so they're saying I can't eat cheese. And I realized my habit yeah. as a college student, just because it's what my mom did, is when I went to the grocery store as a quote unquote adult, I would just grab cheese because like my mom always had cheese. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you have to have cheese in your fridge. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always have cheese and I was like, well, wait. And I had been training myself to eat Greek yogurt because I thought it was good for protein and weight loss, whatever. I was like, wait, I don't have to have Greek yogurt and I don't have to buy cheese. Okay. I think I can do this. Right. Um, but that's really my limited experience with it. And then just the knowing that it can be inflammatory for people. So I'd love for you to give us the lowdown on dairy. Yeah. Well, I touched a little bit on the protein section about kind of like the difference when people say I'm like lactose intolerant, but then they're like, but I can't have cheese either. That's more of like a protein sensitivity to the the proteins in dairy, which are casein and whey. Um, so I think from a gut health perspective, it can be tough to break down mm. um, for some people. But what I'm trying to think about too is like not just eliminating it, but why should someone like yeah. what should I be seeing that gives me a clue that it might be helpful mm. for them to reduce totally the amount. Um, so the big things that I think about are acne and eczema. Oh yes, um, rosacea. Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't to say someone with rosacea absolutely benefits yeah. from taking out dairy, but these are kind of things I'm thinking. So, so skin, mm-hmm. yeah, um, skin, um, bloating is one that I think about yeah. a lot with gut or health. Constipation, I feel like, from cheese for some people. Oh my gosh, yeah. I had a client at last week who was eating cheese, bananas, and rice. Oh gosh. And I was like, oh, the triple thread <laughs> of how to get constipated. <laughs> oh God. Uh, poor girl. She's doing well this week. That's good. Um, but another thing um, to be thinking about with dairy, which is kind of getting to the nitty gritty, is that there are growth hormones Ooh. in dairy milk because it's trying to get a, what is it, 100 pound calf mm-hmm. to 1,000 pounds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's really trying to like grow that baby. So that's something to be thinking about too. And I think yeah. about some of my family back in the Midwest, unfortunately, who pound a ton of dairy yeah. and are overweight. And so that's a reality. Like there's yeah. growth hormone in there. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that people shouldn't enjoy like a good cheese board once in a while? No. Yeah. What about hard cheeses? Yeah. Isn't there a difference, I don't know, or between like goat's milk or goat cheese yes. or hard cheeses or something? Great. Yes. Such a good point. So with goat's milk, and sheep's milk versus a dairy. Mm-hmm. There are different types of proteins. So I talked about kind of casein. Yeah. Casein is one protein that's in dairy. There are two different types of casein. Gotcha. There's a one beta casein and a two beta casein. Okay. Bear with me for one sec. There are two different types of cows. You know, we see like the Jersey cows and they're brown. Yeah. We don't see those often, right? No. It's more the black and white Holstein cows. Yeah. 
Holstein cows is where majority of our milk is from, and they have more A1 beta casein, which is really hard for us to break down. Mm. A2 beta casein is from those brown cows or sheep's or goat's milk. Gotcha. So does that kind of make No, that's definitely helpful. And I just think back to like, so I'm, I'm genetically, I have asthma, like a lot of people in my family do, yeah. but it's also an inflammatory disease. And the better that my stress and my diet have become, yeah. like this morning, I literally told Jeff, I said, I'm going to go to the drugstore today and get Advair. He goes, oh, wait, you're still taking that? I'm like... I started to say my line I've said my whole life, which is I have to take it to live. Like, it's yeah. the drug that kept me out of the hospital. Yeah. I have been off of it for a month, and I didn't realize it <gasps> because I didn't really need it. And then last oh. night I did need my rescue inhaler, which I thought was from something else. But anyway, all this is to say is I don't have a lot of dairy anymore. Yeah. But I've naturally started to love goat cheeses, which is interesting. Yeah. And um, growing up, though, my brothers and I all had terrible eczema terrible skin dry skin and all had asthma which is an inflammatory disease and um we were pounding milk like my mom the joke was like she'd buy three gallons and we would like crush it by frying it i know and if you haven't seen garrett now her skin is amazing so (laughs) no more eczema now ladies and gentlemen And it's crazy, though, how much that can impact you. You just don't... The things you did when you were a kid, your parents just didn't know. know any better. I know, totally. And, like, I think we're lucky because we we also were raised in, like, ways, like, around, um, like, positive eating and things yeah. like that. Like, vegetables are important mm-hmm. and things like that. But, yeah, milk is a big thing in the Midwest, especially. It is. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. I, um... I, my eyes were open when Jeff's sister was feeding. She was just really specific about what milk her son was drinking or not or something. I have some memory of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. If I had a kid today, I would not just get a jug of milk at the store. Right. So it is, yeah. And raw milk is huge. Yes, that's, maybe that's what he was drinking. Yeah. And she was like, I can't know if I can stomach it, but I want him to have it. Yes. So it has actual, like, good bacteria. Mm. Um, It's actually illegal to buy in Massachusetts. I heard that um, on some podcast. Some guy, like, makes his... (laughs) No. Yeah, <laughs> gets it himself. Black market. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, I think New Hampshire it's very prevalent, okay. um, and there are hardcore people that like travel to get it. Wow. So I think that if you're doing it is um, better. And then there's like raw milk cheeses that we can have. Mm. So those are usually easier on the stomach and a less inflammatory response. Cool. Yeah. Um, final note on that is for the people who are getting, you know, let's say, like, this is Jeff. Jeff's breakfast every day is Greek yogurt Uh with blueberries, a drizzle of honey, and granola. Like, since I met him, he goes goes nuts if you can't have it. Like, he freaks out. (laughs) It's like, I have to have my blueberries. I have to have them. I have to do this. And, like, he said he feels the best in his gut when he has that. Okay. And for a while, I was like, maybe I should go back to eating it. And then I talked to you, and you're like, no. Like, you don't need that for your, your, like, because of the bacteria in it. So, like, talk to that, because that might might be someone else's breakfast who's listening. Yeah. Who's also, like, maybe struggling with gut issues. And not saying that that is definitely it, but it could be. So maybe talk them through what you told me about it. Yeah. Well, so I think people. Yogurt gets a really good rep that it's... Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That it um, really is feeding good bacteria. And in a, like, Chobani or whatever Greek mm-hmm. yogurt you're having, there's maybe a billion units of probiotics. Now, what we know from research is that it's not necessarily the bacteria in the yogurt 
that makes it beneficial because that dies by the time it gets to the stomach. Mm. It's actually that it is fermented. Mm. And most yogurts in the grocery store are not fermented long enough to have a great impact. Wow. And it's a concentrated source of, you know, dairy and proteins and things like that. So that can be tough for people to break down. Gotcha. So interesting. I know. There's so many nuances. And there's also so many things as a consumer, unless you're listening to this podcast or some other people talking about this stuff, they're like, how would you know? I know. You wouldn't. And I I went to school. I just finished up my 10th year in school, and I think I'm finally done for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But, like... That's been my life for 10 years, and I yeah. still don't know everything. I think when I work at a wellness store, and um, our general manager of the store said to me uh, yesterday, he's like, well, I'm going to send out this email, but you know all of this. And it was about supplements. And I was like, no, I don't know everything, yeah. and I'm still learning every day. And I think that's the same for the nutrition world. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're still learning so much Yeah, from research, from you know, N equals one studies, which are just an individual person. So we're always learning. That's just to say that, like, the learning never stops. And I feel like the companies out there that are trying to, that hear, you know, such and such a study and they want to make a product to help people achieve whatever said study says, it's all probably in good faith, but at the same time, like, it may not be legit. Like you were just saying, like I had never heard someone explain it that way that like those billion might die by the time they're in your gut. Like yeah, that like yeah, it's well. I think too, some companies know that, but to change the marketing surrounding a product, specifically yogurt, yeah. people are eating it literally for the good bacteria. Yeah, there's hardly any. Yeah. So, like, going with a product that's super fermented, if your gut can handle it. Yeah, which mine couldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think Kimchi. many people go get Ooh, I know. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. Just, like, chickpeas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else to cover on dairy, you think? If you feel like it might be bothering you, take mm-hmm. it out for a month. Okay. Like a month is probably the best time to see. Yeah. And then introduce it every three days. Okay. So, which is tough. I just thought of something too. Yeah. Um, Not with, not necessarily with dairy specifically, but with any of these things, I think in general, in life, if you're having gut health stuff, if you're taking out the dairy for a month and you're giving it a valiant effort of like, yes, I wanted to figure this out. Also, like, drinking a shit ton is not going to help. Alcohol? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're going to go the the extra mile to work on seeing what works and what doesn't, you probably shouldn't be drinking along the way. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think that that's a really hard one, but I just want to name it because personally, like... I never went cold turkey on it. Like, yeah. I sh- know I should have because it, my results probably would have come faster. Yeah. I can speak to the fact that I've gotten better yeah. over time, but I still, I, I also know that as in the general population, drinking on Friday and Saturday is much different than most people who might have a glass of wine or something every night. So yeah. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I think alcohol, t- to your point, is really tough on gut health. Like, it's a gastric irritant, just like caffeine is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it c- causes leaky gut, which is the intestines being permeable. However, like, even I remember having the discussion with you, it's also like, 
I think in that time, you and Jeff were starting dating, and, you know, you were going out on his boat, and, you know, that was a thing, and I think we have to outweigh, like, yes, I would love to say to my clients, take it out for three months, yeah, fully, cold turkey, yeah, and some of my clients do really well with that, but we have to think about, too, in nutrition, the social social aspect, mm. and not that you need alcohol to be social. Yeah. But I was going to a functional medicine doctor for a while, two visits, that's it. And on the second visit, um, my boyfriend's a chef, which you know, we are going out to this amazing new restaurant. We get these opportunities because he's a chef. And she told me, no wine, absolutely no wine. And I was like, I don't feel that bad. And to yeah. say, I can't have a glass. Yeah. Just made me feel in prison or something. Yeah, like yeah. more anxious. And then I was like, and then, yeah. Yeah. So I think you have to weigh those things. Like, yeah. is having this great glass of wine with the company of my loved one, is it going to bring me more joy than like, yeah. Yeah. And so, that's the, that goes back to the stress factor too. Yeah. Like, I will now notice, especially after working with you, like on days, sometimes I'll be bloated. I'll be like, is it something I ate or <laughs> is it my stress? And am like holding my belly in and like not breathing. Yeah. So that's another part of it too. And I'm sure that that stress can impact gut health more negatively. And that to your point, like if you're going to actually have a really calming evening that's going to be good for your overall well-being, right. that includes a glass of wine, it's probably going to like be balanced. I, I totally agree. But yes, to your point, like before, if you can take it out and that feels okay, yeah, yeah that's going to help you're going to treat it like a science experiment of like, this yeah. is taken out. I'm watching everything. I'm, yeah, studying it then. And that's like probably a good thing, yeah. Yes. So moving on, we have like 23 minutes. So we're going to try to cover the fat, the carbs, and the color. Um, we can obviously circle back to things as, as you know, in other episodes if yeah. you'd like. But um, when it comes to fat, um, you know, fat's been demonized. Like in the 80s and 90s, fat's been marketed as good fats, good fats, good fats. And like my like first experience with fats um, was I'd never thought about it except for like, I knew cheese had fat. And then when I got into my own coaching, I realized my clients' biggest problem, many of my clients' biggest problems, they're all overachievers. They were all super in tune with what the media was saying. So they were eating like an avocado or two a day yeah. or eating a jar of nut butter. Yeah. Like, why can't I lose weight? I only whole, you know, no processed almond butter and yeah. whatever. Like, no sugar. Yeah, too. no sugar. Yeah. But then they're overdoing it on things like specifically in fats. But obviously they're really important for you. So I want to focus in on that. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to ask you, um, maybe just before I get, uh, for sidetracked that when I was working on my gut health healing, I did start to focus a little bit on coconut oils. Yeah. But I heard this thing the other day that it is a very stressful thing for your body to break down. Hmm. That it's like a more challenging change. Fat. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, it's a medium chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is actually why you know. Um, it's used as fuel differently. So if we think of like bulletproof brain yes. octane oil, MCT, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just a caprylic acid, which is a very specific mm-hmm. medium chain triglyceride. So yeah, it's tough for the body to break down, but that's why it's used for different processes. Mm. Fat in general is tough to break down. Mm. So you have enzymes that break down fat, and that's something that I test in the stool test. Yeah. And for some people, those are low. So it... I think too much of anything is true. stressful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like too many carbs, that's a stress on the body. Too much protein, too much fat. True, 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 true. Um, so in the, to your point of like clients not being able to lose weight and doing a ton of fat, 
fat per gram has way more calories, right? It's double the amount of calories, more than double. So I think that is one thing, like, you have to watch kind of portion size with fat. Because, like, yeah, who doesn't want to hound a quarter cup of peanut butter or nut butter? Whatever. Yeah. So that's something where you like, yes, you have to be mindful of like, mm. it's not like you need to be measuring each piece, but you mm. need to be like, okay, that looks like about two tablespoons of nut butter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So when it comes to like, you know, we've mentioned these medium chains, um, like saturated fats, there's unsaturated fats, there's monounsaturated fats, there's all these types of fats, like avocado is one olive oil is one like there's all these foods yeah. that we know as fat we may not know exactly what kind there are so what are the principles that we're looking for for those fats to give us okay yeah so um the first one that i think about is like omega-3s yes and these like we kind of know about and nuts and seeds a lot yeah flax seeds yeah flax specifically flax chia walnut have a lot of omega-3s um pumpkin seeds and then fatty fish Yes. So that's our salmon, our sardines, anchovies, and things like that. That's probably the, like I said before, kind of the area of improvement mm. because that really is an inflam- inflammatory or anti-inflammatory balance. So it's not necessarily, there are other fats, the omega-6s, mm-hmm. if they, which are grains, um, vegetable oils, and some meats and things mm-hmm. like that, and some nuts and seeds, it's not that they're inflammatory, the omega-6s, but if you have way more omega-6s to your omega-3s, yeah. then it causes an inflammatory ratio. Yeah. So most people, I do testing um, in my private practice, and most Americans are like 10 to 1 or 20 to 1, which is nuts. Yeah. My clients are much healthier. They're more like 6 to 1 or maybe 8 or 10 to 1, um, and we want you to be a 4 to 1. Gotcha. Ratio. So you want four omega-6s to your Mm omega-3s. So most people can be increasing their omega-3s, you know, fatty fish, flax, geo, walnut. Um, Yeah, walnuts are one that, like, when I remember to have them, like, oh, yes, I need these. These are good for me. They're so good. They're just not like, you don't like, you see almond butter packets, almond butter this, almond, almond, almond. And then it's it's rare that you just see, like, at Starbucks, like, a bag of walnuts. Like, I would totally go for that. I know. Well, they're expensive. They are expensive. Yeah. yeah. And almonds are getting, like, they're almost too popular because. I know. And then you start creating sensitivities, and that's a whole other um, yeah, thing. I think I had it. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. Um, so types of fat really matters. And then when you go back to, like, the quality of things. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So, like, with... Um, Olive veg- oil. I was going to ask you, like, is that yeah. hype or, like, do I really need to, like look at what olive oil I'm buying because I've heard so many conflicting things. Um, I just usually don't get the cheapest one. And I yeah. make sure it looks, I don't know, looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there are actually people that are olive oil experts. Like, right? And, and I've you can only get it from, all of, from Italy or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think the best way is, like, if it's in, like, a container that's um, – a small container is really important. So when you open an oil, it starts going rancid. Yeah. Oh so the smaller container, the better. My sister is probably listening to this, and she buys the Costco olive so oil. So does Jeff. Yeah. And he's like, we have so much olive oil. I'm like, oh, okay. When we were giving it to our puppy, I bought the Costco one because yeah. it was still organic. And I yeah. was like, 
totally fine. This and is probably fine. He's also gonna maybe have more than we would. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you want to buy like a small container because it starts losing its antioxidants, um, and if it's in a colored container too, most are, and then glass. Um, extra virgin does matter with olive oil. Um, and like you can't really overdo it on olive oil. Like most people metabolically could use more of that type of fat. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like if I'm having trouble with a client who's not eating enough, that's where I'm like, okay, take that tablespoon of olive oil and put that over your veggies after they're done cooking. Nice. Um, so olive oil is so good for you. And then the other types of inflammatory fats kind of go back to the quality. So like canola oil, Mm. throw it out. Yeah. Um, Corn oil, grapeseed oil. Grapeseed oil. There was a is lot oil. of bad press on yeah. that from um, I think it was like Max Lugavere. Yeah, he did a whole thing because I think Sweet Green was using it in a bunch of their dressings. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, grapeseed oil is not it's not the worst, but it's definitely not great. Yeah, and then um, sunflower, safflower. It's just the overload that we see these products too. Like, look in your bar. There's probably sunflower sunflower oh, always. Oil. Right. Always, yeah. So. Okay. And they're not that stable. So they go rancid. They go bad. So, like, um, all of your nuts and seeds should be stored in the fridge. Oh, you know what's funny? My gr- It always comes back to my grandma. She <laughs> is, like, a renegade. Or not a renegade. That's not the right word. She is just, maybe she was a pioneer of it, but she's so many, whenever I'm talking about wellness or health and I, like, am triggered by something like, oh, I don't do that. I don't put my nut. But guess who does? My grandma. Yeah. She has done so many things throughout life that I've always noticed but not really realized how amazing it was until yeah. later. Like, just always using whole foods, making everything from scratch. Like, she always has a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. She's the slowest eater I've ever met. Yeah. She's maintained her weight her whole life. Like, exercises when she feels like it, but always walks twice a day. But that's not her, like, workout. Or She's also, like, 83 and thriving. Yeah. So, like, has a puppy. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's all making sense now. Yeah. But, like, she buys that type of olive Her nuts are in the freezer and the fridge. And, like, yes. Yes. Those little things matter. Yeah. So yeah. it just helps, like, the fat from going bad. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so what would you say, as far as balance goes, if yeah. someone maybe loves almond butter, they also love avocado, like, my rule for myself a long time ago when I was real specific with um, bodybuilding is I love nut butter. Yeah. So I would use, like, um, the powdered, I think it was, like, a powdered peanut butter in the morning to get the taste of the fat because I was also having eggs in the morning and sometimes yeah. avocado and I didn't want to overload with like peanut butter, almond butter, yeah. plus avocado, plus eggs, blah, blah, blah. Um, or having, if I knew I was going to have fat later. Yeah. Um, how would you balance it throughout the day? Is it important to have, you know, avocado daily or could you have almonds daily? Like, yeah, yeah. it goes back to the, like the variety for sure. Mm-hmm. And you do want it like at every meal, but that doesn't mean you need a ton Huge. of it. Like, yeah. Technically there's fat in, in meat. most Yes. Oh, too. Yeah. Meat, salmon. Yeah. Um, there's fat in a lot of things, but just making sure you have a little bit of it. Okay. Um, I see women hormonally that are doing too low of fat. That but was if, me. Yeah. It, look, when you're doing a ton of protein, protein, I wasn't getting any fat. Yeah. So that, that can mess up your hormones, but a little bit can be enough. That's where it goes to, like, how well do you feel? Like, um, I think we were talking about once too, like having a meal that's pretty low fat, but trying to like figure out what part of your day that goes. Totally. Yeah. Probably nighttime. Um, that would be a guess for most people, but Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't know. It goes back to the personalization. Yeah, like um, some people that love like kind of more of that bulletproof lifestyle, like high fat in the morning, and yeah. then maybe they're having protein and veggies for dinner or whatever. Yeah, like, I could totally see that. And then there's you know people who don't even like to eat breakfast, yeah, and they're making sure their their meal has all of the things later. So. Yeah, and and too like when you think about like protein and veggies, like I still have clients who are steaming their vegetables. You need fat to absorb your fat soluble nutrients. Yeah, yeah. so you, yeah, yeah, you need a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to get into a little bit more of the color and stuff, especially like with um, broccoli and cruciferous and detoxing when we get to color. Um, one final thing on fat. Um, what I had been taking cod liver supplement. Yeah. And you were like, oh my gosh, check to see that it was tested. Yeah. So the note on that is... Oh, so with any supplements, too, mm-hmm. making sure they're tested, I'm really, really, really specific on testing. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they're testing, they need to be telling you what is in it. And fish have so high mercury, any fish. Yeah. So especially, like, I mean, cod and salmon are a little bit better, but you still want to make sure they're testing it. Um, so it should be on their website. Okay. Yeah, I remember I checked the bottle that I had. I think it was yeah. from Cambridge Naturals or something, and I was like, oh, okay, it says it's, like, tested. It has been tested, which I was like, oh, I didn't even notice that. I wouldn't have looked. Yeah. So thank you. Which is so important that they're testing, but, again, going back to the test, like, oh. being even more concerned about, okay, yeah, yeah. they're testing, yeah. and that's fine. I'm sure mm-hmm. Costco's testing their fish oil, yeah. which is crap. And well, that's the thing. Jeff would buy, you know, buy cod liver oil from their CVS and be like, no, this is probably good. It's all fine. It's like, no, don't waste your money. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah. He'll hear this. Um, okay. So uh, moving on to carbs, um, you know, I think people who just don't know what they don't, don't know, haven't thought about it, haven't tracked their food before, haven't thought of it really. They've never thought about eating with intention. They're just eating because it's part of how we survive on this planet. Yeah. Um, they don't realize that vegetables are carbs. Yes. Um, I obviously realize that within bodybuilding because yeah. guess what I cut out when I had low calorie day? Starchy veg or whatever. All, yeah, yeah. I would have like no color because I'd be like, well, I feel more full with turkey. I feel more full with oh. oats. I feel more full with egg whites. And yeah. I feel more full with protein bars that would have some carbs. But like the veggies got cut out yeah. because I was like, those are just extra calories that don't taste that good. Yeah. I was the worst. Um, <laughs> so the note, what are like the top bullet points that you would say about carbs? Um, I have my whole narrative and tons of blogs and stuff on how like carbs are not the devil. Um, but right. what, what are your main points about carbs? Well, I think carbs is probably the most, the area that should be personalized the most. Ooh, okay. Um, cause they're the thing that people I think change the most. Like I'm on low carb. I don't care about carbs. Yeah. I'm high carb. I want to lose weight, so I I just assume I should cut them out, which is, I mean, I'm not saying I do, but, like, I hear that from people. Yeah, I hear it from clients all the time. And that's not necessarily true that you should cut out carbs, and, I mean, especially vegetables, you know. Um, You're trying your best. Yeah. Um, But, like, we go back to, like, grains and, like, starchy vegetables, which is more like potatoes, Mm -hmm. corn, peas, and things like that. Um. Eating as whole food as we can is the best. Mm -hmm. So, like, even if that means having quinoa versus, like, a piece of toast, Mm -hmm. that talks to our body differently because it's process. A toast is processed. Yeah. So, it's not to not have it, but be picky. 
yeah. you know, about when you have it or how much you're having mm-hmm. or having something you really love. If you don't love bread before a meal, then don't have it. Yeah. Or if it's not like serving you well. True. I think the sad part is the standard American diet that we were all taught that like that should be the bottom, that should be the biggest. Oh and my gosh. No, I remember telling my mom one day that a girl next to me had a blueberry muffin and mashed potatoes and all these things on her plate and that I, it just seemed weird and my mom was like, yeah, that's a lot of carbs, like you really don't need that much and yeah. I remember learning that in like second grade but it's just kind of how we've been conditioned and how meals are sometimes set up for us and um, I think what's important is that when you are like a, gosh, like sensitive and having gut issues, that yeah. differentiation you just mentioned between like toast over quinoa yeah. is really important to make. Whereas like Jeff has kind of like an iron stomach to a degree, whereas like he knows he could eat white bread and pizza and flour tortillas every day and not gain weight or have any repercussions he understands that like he needs the nutrients and he needs those better messages going through his body so he will say oh I'm only having one cooking today yeah or like he he does his own things but yeah yeah and I yeah sometimes like the feedback isn't immediate so like say he were to eat like that for a long time like the next Mm -hmm. 10 years like higher carb and I'm not saying he is now but that more that processed food, he would be coming to see me in ten years because yeah. his gut, we maybe wouldn't be feeding it enough. And I'm, we're just picking on Jeff right yeah. now, but He's like, a target. yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't only you know matter about the now. It's kind of like of the um, future. And I know he eats well. Other than that, but that's a good point though. Is all of this is to say that like. I think just a really quick disclaimer that like maybe we should have made in the beginning our, we are just so in it that sometimes you it's hard to look from someone else's view but it's been very normal and very trapped in our society of people who do start to learn this stuff yeah. and then they get so obsessed with it, in it that they get worried I mean it's there's the actual term orthorexia but getting so overly concerned with being perfect yeah and and I think that there's definitely something to be said about learning the balance there like absolutely I have more drinks on Saturday than maybe I should but maybe I'm not going to drink Sunday or yeah I didn't get any color like two days last week I had like maybe one big serving of vegetables between two days and I just knew I'm like this isn't good yeah but I'm not going to let that affect my self-esteem or whatever yeah yeah that's a challenge for people yeah and trying to get back like back to balance without like yeah overthinking Mm, it or thinking about then like okay I felt like this I actually was talking to the other dietitian that I work with yesterday and she was like I've been having a lot of sugar cravings lately and her lunch wasn't a ton of veggies and she's really good at veggies and I was like have you been eating like a ton of veggies like normal lately and she's like no so for her it was like that connection of I'm craving more sugar because I'm not feeding my body the way that I feel when I feel really good so even that connection of like how you feel when you're doing it and understanding it and understanding it like how it makes you feel sure like having like when we go up to Portland I have like a gluten-free donut yeah but if I have that full donut I feel like crap so I have a little bit and I enjoy it and like it but yeah I agree it's the balance and I feel like too um being able to navigate how you plan one day can seem really overwhelming for people. Yeah. And so that's obviously why we're doing this podcast, but a lot of it also with going back to like your intuition or intuitive eating or knowing what to do, like, cause you, someone could go home and be like, okay, I'm going to build my meals that 
are have protein. Yeah. X and all the bridges just talked about. I'm going to try ground meat. Yep. I'm going to make sure I have fat. I'm going to keep my nuts in the fridge. I do all these things. But like just trying to do that if you haven't before for one day is a lot. Yeah. And then thinking about doing it the next day and the next day, it can just lead to overwhelm, which is why when they had a busy day and their friend's like, hey, you want to go grab pizza? It's like, yeah, okay. Because it's so easy. easy. So what what do you think is the biggest? Oh, and this is the other thing is also what's impacting it too is like your sleep. Like when I don't sleep enough, I have cravings. Yeah. So there's also all this hormonal stuff going on. So what, like if any, would you say is a good place? And we still haven't gotten to color, but for the person who's listening to this, it's like this is also good. My eyes are so open. I'm feeling so, um, I don't know, expanded. Where would you recommend that they start? With all these things? Yeah, it was just eating. Yeah. yeah. Eating well. Yeah. I think start with what you're doing now and like make small changes to that. So mm. when I have a client come in, actually this was recently, she's like, I really don't know what to eat. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well let's run through what you're already eating. So for That's what I do with clients. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, because you don't want to change everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. So she was only eating eggs for breakfast. She was only eating... A protein smoothie or only eating plain oatmeal mm. or or only an avocado mm. so I was like let's bridge all this together yeah. smaller amounts of each and you just need that balance so if someone's having eggs and avocado what are they missing Carb. carbs and color which could simply be a crap ton of spinach you know yeah. that's your carbs and color so it's just like these small tweaks and when we say color we just simply mean vegetables and fruit like you should be able to look at your plate and say okay that has color yeah Um, handful of berries exactly so it's just like small changes um yeah so to quickly go over the color piece of it yeah um that was one place where like if i'm having egg whites spray butter oatmeal turkey tilapia like my only color in my bodybuilding phase was the spinach i'd put my protein shakes because it was like barely any calories um when it comes to the why for people, what are like the three biggest reasons for why that color, color. matters so much? Well, one of them is um, vitamins. So yes. like B vitamins give us energy. Um, they change a lot of different processes in the body that we need to work well. Magnesium mm. is so important for calming and muscles. So the nutrients is a really important aspect, and that's the now. Mental health, too. Oh, mental well, health, Because sure. you're feeding your gut. Yes. Like fiber. Yes. Prebiotic fibers. Yes. And your brain's happy. Yeah. Exactly. So definitely reason number two is, like, other, like, organ systems, which mm-hmm. are gut health and brain health. You need mm-hmm. color for that. So we have the now with how you feel now with the organ system, and then, like, prevention. Yeah, so antioxidants. Antioxidants, right. They're preventing cancer or... Aging. Aging. We see our cruciferous vegetables, which are, like, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. Those help the liver to detoxify toxins, and, yeah. So Why do you think... Um, well, I mean, I'll use myself, but why do you think people, some people like me, are sensitive to bloating from broccoli? Phytic, so one big thing is the phytic acid, mm-hmm. um, which is in beans too, but yeah. um, they're also sulfur rich, so they're just they're just really tough to break down. Gotcha. Um, most people do better when they cook them, and then if the gut is still kind of out of balance, which this takes years, yeah. like you've been working on this for three years, yeah. it's still a process. So like you want to continue to grow and continue to work on the gut so that you can eat them. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. And so one other thing that just came up for me before we close this out um, with that, because um, thinking about hormones and thinking about brain health and all that, obviously color is going to help with brain health too, but yeah, have you, is there anything to, to really motivate, I'm just trying to motivate people to like be good about their fats because I was so bad and I yeah. suffered anxiety and all these things, but um, what is the, the biggest link between fat and the brain? Um, well... Blood sugar balance is a big thing. Mm. So if our blood sugar is imbalanced, our hormones and our hormones are are yeah. off. So say like our stress hormones, insulin, all of those things. When those are going up and down, it affects the brain and mental health. Mm. Um, the brain is also made up of mostly fat. Mm. So if you're not giving the brain what it needs, it's not going to be fully functioning. Totally. Oh, I do not miss brain fog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still have had moments where I've gotten it, but I know exactly why. Yeah. Exactly why. Like, oh, I didn't have a balanced breakfast. Yes. Or a balanced lunch. So that brings me to a point, which I wanted to bring up on here. Um, we're at the wing, obviously, and I was grabbing us some sparkling water, and someone grabbed a cookie. And the first thought that came to my brain was, she's not going to be focused today. It wasn't even, you know, oh, that's a treat. Why is she eating a treat in the morning? Yeah. It was, oh, my God, she's not going to be focused. People are here to work. Yeah. So it, when you start thinking of food as information to your body, mm. then I think it's very helpful. Yeah, it changes the way you approach it. Too. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, like, instead of me behind her thinking, oh, I can't have a cookie because I'm working on body composition goals. Yeah. Like, no, it's literally... It's more than that. It's way more than that. And that's when I think you start thinking about your body and your true goals instead of, you know... And the longevity. Yeah, the longevity of, like, when you said true goals, I definitely think longevity because that's, I think, what a lot of us are after, too. Like, if someone said, you could get thin in two weeks, but you're going to feel like crap, I would be like, yeah, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I don't want to feel like crap anymore. Um, and also... I have had those cookies, but I will say a perfect example yeah. of how I had one. Yeah. My friend Lauren from Pure Glow came to have lunch with me, and we got one of the gluten-free halva cookies. Okay. We split it in half, and yep. we had the leafy green salad with avocado and chicken. Yeah. And, like, green tea, and we split the cookie. And sweet potatoes. So, like, yeah, there we go, balance. It's, like, the perfect way to, like, yeah, yeah, enjoy it, have some, love it, but, like, not feel like shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's prime example. Amazing. Oh, you're so good. Well, you are so good. Thank you for coming on. I know we'll have you back for more things, but I think this is the perfect way to dial into something because I genuinely remember when I was in the worst place where I literally all of a sudden had that moment like, what do I eat? How yeah. can I eat? And like, yeah, I hope that the people listening, I mean, we've talked about everything from you know, raw milk to meat sources to color. Like, this has been so great, so thank you. Yeah, this was really fun. And, um, yeah, I think our goal with this podcast or with this episode is to help people and, like, empower them to make decisions yeah. or to not feel, like, afraid of food. And, and to be personalize it. Yeah. The message of the year. Personal. Yeah. Alignment. Amazing. So all the notes, as always, uh, to connect with Bridget are in there. You're um, at Bridget's underscore table. Yeah. Okay. I almost said underscore Bridget. Bridget underscore, Bridget's underscore table. Um, and your contact info will be in the show notes. And I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you.